Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. If anybody would like a soda or a beer, please see me, Amy Wilson. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Best way through the living room is just careening off all of the items within it. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. So I'm wrong, but I'm right. It's what I'm saying. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. You're a really weird kid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. We have a really funny episode this week. But first, mailbag. Oh, yes. Wait a minute. Time for mailbag. Wait, wait, wait yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the mailbag. Amy and Margaret, look and see. Oh, yeah. Is there a letter in your bag please, to read? Please, please check the mailbag. Today's mailbag comes from Kelly. Kelly says, I can't begin to tell you how excited it made me to get a shout out for my Star Wars favors, especially after I had laughed so hard I would have wet my pants if I wasn't sitting listening to the Darth Vader stripper story. Hope I make mailbag. Well, (laughs) Kelly, your dreams have come true today. You made mailbag. All you have to do is say we make you laugh so hard that you might be incontinent. And she also wants to clarify that the t-shirt pack was $20 and the socks were $7 because I feel that I did come after Kelly a little bit and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not not start talking about t-shirts and socks as goodie bag favors because slow your roll. So she wants to be clear that she's not an OTT mom. She's just a person who found cheap Star Wars. It's not like she made each individual Star Wars shirt on a cricket machine or something like that. Oh, this was another thing that, wow, the internet erupted, people. (laughs) A cricket machine. We apparently, people in the South and and, and the Pacific Northwest. Indiana, we're hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, are are monogramming stuff like all day, every day. They can't stop, won't stop with the cricket. Mm Mm-hmm. And we yeah. called it a cry cut. And I want to um, defend myself by saying, as a spelling bee champion who is very aware of the rules of phonics, cry cut is how you pronounce that collection of letters. Wait, Amy, uh, I'm going to push back on that okay. one. It's spelled cricket and it has an antenna on top of the C. It's spelled C-R-I-C-U-T. And the rules of phonics uh, dictate that you would pronounce that cry cut. Because but isn't that the word cricket? Am I missing something? No, cricket is spelled C-R-I-C-K. Oh, you're right with a K. You're right. You're right. You need the blend. You need the two consonants wow. after the vowel to make it a short 
I, I'm wrong, but I'm right. It's what I'm saying. I've learned the classic lesson. If you come for the spelling bee champion, yes. you better shoot to kill because Amy just came back at me and I do not even know how to spell the word cricket. I looked at that and I was like, isn't that the word cricket? I'm coming for the cricket company. Wow. Let me tell you something. We're talking today about that was so me and that was so me because I was a horrible speller as a child. I am still in horrendous speller. And um, that was so me to think that C-R-I-C-U-T was the word cricket. I was a great speller as a child, so you can see and like to be right. Nothing has changed. I'll start with my story, my that was so me story. This will surprise you 0%, but I remember this party so well. My mother is the oldest of eight siblings, so I had lots of cool aunts and uncles that weren't like that much older than me. Like when I was little, they were in high school and college. And they were all over at our house for a sort of, you know, raucous, fun outdoor cookout. And I recorded myself, this was so long ago, that I recorded myself on a on a cassette, like on a tape recorder, and then walked around. I carried it, a recording of my own voice around the party. And the recording was this. It was, attention, attention. If anybody would like a soda or a beer, please see me, Amy Wilson. <laughs> attention, attention. And I recorded it like on a loop. I said it like 10 times. And then I just walked around the party carrying a recording of my own voice, waiting for somebody to need something so I could go get it for them. There's a lot to unpack in that story, as they say, Amy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's performance. It's mm-hmm. recording. You were doing it was your first podcast. Oh, my God. Yes. I was already working on my microphone voice. Yes. At like seven. You you did your first podcast. It was called Come See Me for Drinks. It was like attention getting, but also efficient. Like it really is a lot about you. Don't stand in line. I'm a kid at a party. Like I'm having a little bit of fun, but also like none of the grownups are talking to me. So let me, let me be useful. Right. Let me, let me be maximally efficient in this moment. Yeah. Let me be useful, but also kind of in an attention grabbing way, which I like about it too. Like you Uh, weren't actually being useful. You were like blaring a recording. You could have easily just said like... You could have put out a table with a sign that was like, see me for drinks. Right. But you did something different than that. You made another choice. I'm not artsy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not visually creative. I'm more in the auditory space, as we found out. I love it. I love it. Yeah. But that's that's very me. I was the oldest kid. I'm, you know, kind of bossy. I see a situation and I decide how I can make it just a little bit better by being in charge in some small way, right? Just give me the charge of something. And then I'm annoyed that I'm in charge of everything. That is very me. It's interesting for me because I was trying to think of ones for myself. And I think that I was more, and I still am like a malleable middle child. Like I don't quite have that thing of like, oh, that's exactly when I saw who I was going to be. The example that came to mind, I'm not even sure it's a great one, is that in sixth grade, I went to a Catholic school only for a year, which is going to be illuminated by this story. And they had a playwriting contest. And I was like, this is the moment. Like I was like, here I come. (laughs) And I wrote, I was whatever, 10? And I wrote a musical, a musical. I mean, it was typed out, but it was a mu- it had musical numbers. And it was a play, like everyone else was like the cat that learned at the farm or whatever. And mine was a, like a 17 minute long musical about a girl who ran off to the city in high school with her boyfriend to live for the rest of their lives together. And it repurposed the songs from the musical Annie to tell this story. It was a jukebox musical. And my parent, like my, 
the teachers like called my parents in and they were like, we think there might be something wrong with her. Like it was, a, they were like, we're a Catholic school. Like we don't believe in like running off to New York City to like be with your boyfriend. Like where did she get this okay. idea? First of all, it was risque. My parents were genuinely perplexed. They were like, what? are you thinking about in your spare time? I believe they might have committed a crime to get the money to go run off and live together. Like it was like a, um, it was, um, what's that early Quentin Tarantino movie? Uh, Real Natural Born Killers. It was kind of like a Natural Born yes, Killers yes. with the featuring the songs from Annie. Did you rewrite the lyrics or? or? I, I, I repurposed, yes, some of the lyrics. Some like of the it lyrics. would have been like, maybe in a house, I have a gun and we could rob a bank. Like it was, yes, it was a repurposing of the songs from Annie. I rewrote some of the lyrics. Did it premiere? Did the curtain go up on this show? Oh, no. I mean, it was buried. It was burned by the nuns and then it was never spoken of again. It was like, it was a great source of shame for my teachers and my parents. And then when I moved to the suburbs, I had a similar thing where I they had a little um kind of mom's night out and it was a painting night and you were to paint you know the guy stands there and he's like now draw a circle and you end up with like a moon setting over a lake or something at the end of it I decided to you know improvise a little bit and I don't know anything about painting whatever I was doing it was wrong and it came out insane looking and then I said to the group of moms around me. If I rob the neighborhood convenience store this week, you'll be like, we saw it coming at paint night. The faces just kind of fell around me. It wasn't the right bit of humor for like meet the new moms. I was a brand new mom in town. You know, I feel like now people would be like, oh, that's just her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to read the room a little bit. Not great at reading the room and like not great at knowing where the boundaries of like appropriateness are. I think I think that's so me. I, I definitely like don't read the room sometimes. Like I'm either like hide back and don't say anything or I come in I'm like da 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 and completely come in a little too hot yeah and people are like what who yeah I, I feel that I think doing the comedy that pushes the envelope is very you and <laughs> I think we should have a fundraiser where we find this uh script and, oh, and do it god if only if we could unsurface that bank robbing lovers musical repurposed to Annie written by a 10 year old. It would give so much happiness to the world, but I'm sure all copies were burned. Like I'm telling the story in a funny way, but like, let me tell you that my parents were like, I think we need to get her some psychological <laughs> help. Like it was, it was disturbing. It was not normal. That is what these stories have in common, right? The moment that either your parents realize about you or that you realize about yourself, like, Oh, this is like, this is a thing. This is a thing about me. You know who's amazing on that is um, Hyperbole and a Half, if you yes. don't know that oh. site. She captures that moment so well. It's hyperboleandahalf.com. Her name is Allie Brosh, yes, I think. Yes, Allie Brosh. She's a genius. She is a genius. And she tells a lot of her stories are on this theme. And one of them is about being a kid and finding a dinosaur costume and like over committing to her identity <laughs> as a dinosaur. And like her parents being kind of like, OK, we get it. Dinosaur. And she's like, no, I'm a meat eater and like biting people and roaring. Right, and right. they were like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, we have all been on the receiving side of like, oh, like, this is my child presenting themselves to somebody fully formed. And I don't know what I'm going to do about this. But like too late now, this is who this kid is going to be. So we ask you guys on our Facebook page, what is your wow, that was so me story? What is something you did as a kid that exemplifies exactly who you are now? And I loved this one because I could it could be me. Kate says she ate her Halloween candy in alphabetical order. 
can you imagine coming upon your daughter in her room being like, yes, I'm going to eat the baby roos, then the butterfingers, then the caramilks, and so forth through the alphabet. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's great. And it's perfect. And it's exactly what we're talking yes, about. Yes, it's like, like right. oh, this took to quote my friend's movie, Kissing Jessica Stein, this mother thinks, oh, how this child will suffer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or thrive. Maybe. But yeah, you're right. like, this is, I remember I had one of my kids and I was talking to my sister-in-law who's in, runs a school. And I said, well, whatever, it was preschool or whatever. And I said, oh gosh, you know, he's having trouble sitting still and he's struggling with transitions. That's what we're telling me. She said, yeah, you'll be reading that on his high school evaluations. You know, like that's a thing that stays. Like a kid who struggles with transitions, that's a thing. You know, a kid who lines up the Halloween candy and eats it in alphabetical order, that's a thing. Oh my gosh. That's so important to remember too. Like when you're dealing, like my spouse did something this morning that drove me nuts and this isn't the husband crimes episode. So I'm not even going to say what it was, but (laughs) listen, we can always take a detour into husband crimes. (laughs) But what makes, what really chaps one's fanny, right? Is that like... (laughs) I know what happened. I know like he had a, he had something he had to um, thing for one of our kids that he was like, I got it. I'll take over from here. And he did take over from there for like three minutes. And then he lost interest in it. And so he didn't see it through. And so my kid didn't have something he needed today because he wanted to do it and he started to do it. But then he just didn't feel like, you know, he, then he just wandered away. And that is probably who he has been for a very, very long time. And I know that. My husband's version of this is that he is, we always say he's gold star. Like he wants to be the best at things. And like he, he wants to get the right answer. And whenever I ask him a question, like, did you remember to pick up that thing I asked you to pick up? There's two answers. Yes, I did. Or 30 second pause. Well, he tries to think of an excuse for why he did not, you know, like he'll never say, when I'm in a good mood, it's funny to me. And when I'm in a bad mood, I start screaming and yelling like, I just don't bother thinking of another answer. But like, he can't just be like, nope, forgot that. Oh, sorry. He, right. Oh, Ooh, like, I, the minute I ask him something that he did, you know, not correctly, I just the gears just start turning, which is like, what is the answer that is not no? That is just so typically him. Mm. Um, my spouse would get more like mad that you're mad. Like, well, I'm mad that you're mad, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to... I got to come in over you. I'm going to see you're mad and I'm going to raise you. No, I'm mad, which is a move I'm very familiar with because I, I thought I had perfected it. But apparently I see it reflected back at me. Yeah. You guys are like doing battle. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about some of the things that you guys say were just so you. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. 
been to. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies. And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash fresh to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back. I love this one. Nancy says that when she was six years old, she fell over the edge of the Grand Canyon. I mean... (laughs) Hopefully not to not to her death because she answered. Well, she's this. writing now, so yeah. I'm assuming she survived. It all worked out. She fell over the edge of the Grand Canyon, and a couple of years ago, I walked straight off the edge of a long staircase that I literally did not see. Broke a bone running across the road to the grocery store. She's saying like this was her, and it started early. Yeah, I have a kid who we joked. Although I will say that I don't think this is this hasn't lasted as much. When she was little, we were always like. It's she's ow. That's her. That's her calling card. Like she just would walk across the room and say, ow, 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 (laughs) ow. And she just bounced from one piece of furniture to the next. I have. uh, So I have three kids. Only one of them has ever had stitches. I shouldn't even say this out loud. Right. I got a knock on like something. Knock on on plastic here. Um, But only one of my kids has had stitches. That child has had them four times before their fourth birthday. Four times stitches. All yeah. on the head and face. And yeah. it is, it is this kid. It is, yeah, just like, I'm just going to move through life and I'm not going to see that, you know, a kitchen countertop right in front of me because I have more important things to think about. Yeah. 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 And I'm just going to li- listen. The best way through the living room is just careening off all of the items within it. I have to read this one because this is so, <laughs> Brittany, if this is so typically you, I want to meet you. Brittany says, when she was little, she spread mud all over her neighbor's truck because he insulted her imaginary friend. Nice. Ten minutes later, Brittany says, I felt bad about it and tried to sneak a bucket of hot water over to wash it off, but they had already found it. Oh. Love this. I love that the neighbor comes out your imaginary friend. First of all, forget that guy, right? You're not going to take that. You're not going to no. take that, Brittany. Your imaginary friend needs somebody to stand up for her, but that 
that what she came up with is like, I'm going to put mud all over his truck. And then she did <laughs> it's it. It's so great. And then she was like, it's too much. It's too bad. I have to go fix it. And it was too late. I have a similar story from b- before my consciousness. I was maybe one years old and I was in the kitchen. I, so my mom had three kids in three years, June, September, September. And I was the third kid. So I, you know, I spent a lot of time just exploring the world on my own. I mean, there were three of us, you know, there was only so many people to take care of three kids. We were like triplets, functional triplets. And my aunt says that she came in and found me with a bottle of Wesson oil. Like, um, I don't even know. I think now you just say vegetable oil. But mm-hmm. back in the day, it was Wesson, Wesson oil. Wesson, Carol Brady doing the commercials. Yeah. The mom yeah. from Brady Bunch. Yeah, was the, was the spokesperson. And I had somehow coated myself in Wesson oil. And so my aunt tries to pick me up out of the Wesson oil and gets me about four feet off the ground, you know, to arm height. And then because I'm covered in oil, she dropped me and I fell on the floor in the oil. And she said that I cried for a minute, but then I was just like staring daggers at her. And then she was in the house for two more hours. And that when my mom said she was leaving, I walked over and I punched her. (laughs) Oh my gosh. One year old. She dropped me. So like two maybe i was like 18 months old but but like for two hours i had nursed the grudge and then i waited for my opportunity and i struck yep yep you can carry a grudge i mean i can see that oh i am a grudge carrier i am a i'm a good irish girl i can really carry a grudge i can read that about you i have my best friend from high school she is a grudge carrier this guy broke up with me when we were like in our early 20s we bumped into him on the street fully a decade later and she was like Oh, hi. Like, she was so rude to him. Oh. I was a little embarrassed. I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't want him to think that I'm still, like, that mad about it a, a decade later. But she was. She is the grudge holder extraordinaire. I had a, a, they called it a suite in college. Like, five of us lived in the same little apartment thing together. There was one of us who was famous. Don't tell her anything bad about someone. Because you could be like, oh, you know... My sister is really annoying me. This girl would be like, your sister's a terrible person. She would take your slight grievance and she would be planning to like attack the person's home. You know, she would just take it all the way. And you had shared phone lines back then. She could have answered the phone when your sister called or something. That would have been bad. Like, Never speak to her again. Yeah, I mean, she would just take any grudge and run with it. Love this one. Kristen says when she was little, she was a history geek and she loved learning about her town by reading the town clerk's reports. I mean, Kristen, that is so you because that is, I don't, I've never met anybody else who did that when they were little. Okay. Imagine Kristen's surprise when in the town clerk annual report, she saw her dad's name and another woman's name under marriages. And she yelled downstairs, dad, you won't believe it. There's a mistake here in the town report. It says you were married to this other woman. I heard no response. Kristen says the load of firewood that my dad was carrying dropped to the floor. That was all I heard. That night, my mom sat me down and said, yes, your dad was married before and you have a half-sister. <laughs> 24 years later, I am the town clerk in my hometown of fewer than 1,000 residents. There needs to be a movie made about Kristen. Like, this is the most amazing story. I thought it was just, I was laughing already when it was like a little kid reading the town clerk. Yeah, yeah. But she was like Nancy Drew. She got yeah. to the bottom of it. Nancy and Drew. And now, just like in the movie... She took over the job. She's basically Batman. Like, she found out about Batman, and then Batman chose her to to take over the role. It is the perfect job for her. There's this uh, guy named John. He hosts the Married with Comics podcast, and he says he started a detective agency out of his friend Barbara's garage at age nine. We charged 25 cents a day, just like Encyclopedia Brown. They had one case. 
He didn't oh. elaborate on what the case was. I hope they solved it. I know. I had this. I opened a restaurant in the kitchen, and this was just so typically my brother. He came back and sent back the food and refused to pay. <laughs> Fly and ointment. Yeah. yeah. He was like, this is just so typically me. Yeah, that's, that's deep. That's deep. This is a sweet and sad one. Sarah says she used to hide her sandwiches around the house because rather than tell my mom I didn't like them and risk hurting her feelings, I hid them and all over the house. No idea why I didn't throw them out, Sarah says. I have a story kind of like that where I I must have been really, really little, like four or five and... In our bedroom was what we used to call a moth closet. Do people still have those? It was like the one closet that you kept things that you didn't want to get eaten by moths. Like the good clothes, basically. Yeah, like a, like a cedar closet if you had it. Yeah, the fur coats, the wedding dress. Yeah, I mean, there were not fur coats or wedding dresses in there, but it was like my mom's good closet. But it was in my bedroom because I guess it was like the only... And it right. wasn't cedar lined or anything. It just had mothball cans hiding in it. Right. Just had an extra closet, right? So we used to hide in there all the time, like whenever we're playing hide. So we spent a lot of time in that closet. And I found in the closet this gorgeous pair of velvet shoes. And I was like, my mom would love these shoes. And so I wrapped them up for her for Christmas and put them under the tree. Oh. Because I was like, my mom would love these shoes. And then my mom was getting ready for a party. And she said, girls, this is crazy. But did any of you take my velvet shoes? And I didn't want to tell her because I had gotten them for her for Christmas. I didn't understand they were already her (laughs) shoes. And then I started crying and she was like, what did you do with the shoes? And I wouldn't tell her because I didn't want to ruin the Christmas surprise. But eventually she got it out of me. And then, yeah, I opened, she opened the gift and she was like, oh, that was very sweet of you. But also you're a really weird kid. (laughs) No, I'm late for the party. I will say you love a funky pair of shoes. I love shoes and I do, I love finding the right present for people. So I'm still up to that. Mm, That is so sweet. Here's one from Tiffany. First things, first thing that comes to mind is the time I went on a high school trip and we went bowling. I left the bowling alley in my bowling shoes and didn't notice until we got back to the hotel. I still leave things everywhere and my friends are always giving me a hard time about it. (laughs) Tiffany. Same. I once came home from a trip. I shouldn't admit this because if the person hears this, like I will get sued, but I will admit it. I went on a trip, short trip, came home, grabbed my bag, got home. And like a week later, I still hadn't unpacked my bag because that's just how I roll. I threw it in the middle of the living room and, you know, stepped over it four million times, open it up. And I'm like, it took me Way too long to be like, why are there men's clothes in my bag? What robber replaced everything that was in my bag? Why would someone have replaced (laughs) all the clothes in my bag with some businessman's clothes? Anyway, I had stolen another person's suitcase off of the thing. And for seven days, I'm sure they were on a trip like, I need my clothes for these meetings. Driving to the airport every day. Right. And they were calling the airport people every day being like, you've lost my bag. Little did they know oh, it was in on the floor God. of my apartment for seven full days. Was there a te- like, then what? Never even looked at it. <laughs> Dropped it and ran. Goodbye. Then I just brought it back to the airport and I was like, I forgot my bag. <laughs> I took this one instead. And they handed it to me and I ran away as fast as possible before any other follow up questions could be asked. And so to that person, I seriously apologize. And I'm sure I will get some really, really bad karma and I already have. Oh, my God. What if they listen? All right. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about what this means, right? If these typically us things are happening at these early, early ages, does this just mean like it's all baked in the cake? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And now, things kids say versus what they mean. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Kids say, there's nothing to do. Kids mean, I have just returned from a birthday party at a trampoline-based wonderland, and in spite of the fact that I have dozens of toys and an expensive gaming system, I cannot find any way to entertain myself. Kids say, I can't find it. I've looked everywhere. Kids mean, I briefly looked up from my tablet and the item was not in my direct line of sight. Your turn, Mom. Kids say, I'm totally ready to go. Kids mean, I'm totally ready to go as soon as I get dressed, find my shoes, brush my teeth, and find my coat. Kids say, do I have to do everything around here? Kids mean, I do literally one 247th of everything around here, and yet I am outraged that I have been asked to take out the garbage. This has been Things Kids Say Versus What They Mean. From the What Fresh Out Podcast. All right, Amy, are we baked in the cake? Are we just like, the minute you see it, that is your child's destiny? I hope you have some studies. The the It's making me think of our Fresh Take interview coming out with Danielle Dick, who wrote a new book called The Child Code. It's a really interesting interview. You should listen to it. And her whole sort of thing is that, yes, children are born sort of genetically wired in a particular way. And that even things like your propensity for risk-taking or how messy you are, all this is 
genetically part of your makeup? Because we all certainly know, like our kid who organizes their uh, library books in Dewey Decimal Order on their shelf probably has a parent who, you know, also has some of those traits. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's you, but that these things are heritable and that you can shape your kids. But the idea, she says, that, you know, we are largely responsible for how our children behave or turn out is just not true. I agree with that. I've often said I imagined having children like being handed a lump of clay to mold and instead having a child is like being handed a human to care for. Like that's that was very surprising to me. But I will say on the flip side that Every action is not your kid's destiny. And especially, I have a kid who is on the spectrum and as a young kid had a lot of um, very specific kind of talents, mental talents, let's say. Like, for example, you could ask this child, what day of the week did Christmas fall on five years ago? And he could tell you that day of the week. Mm. On the flip side, he had some challenges with social stuff and learning and functioning in school and other things. As he has gotten older, two things have happened. Some of his social challenges and other challenges have become a lot easier as he's matured. And he has also lost his ability to tell you the day of the week on the calendar. Wow. Like he's losing his superpowers and he's also catching up socially. And so I think that's a very interesting version of like this, that like he will always be a kid who has certain, you know, markers around his behaviors that we are seeing. He's the kid who struggled with transition, still does not like, like, this is not a kid you could ever run in and be like, put your tablet down. We're going to the dentist. Like, I know I never do that with him. You know, like, he's a kid who needs the prime, the pump needs to be very primed for this kid, you know. And my guess is he'll be like that when he's 40. I also have a kid who has been very varied in their gender presentation, has been extremely typically gendered for several years. And now maybe typically isn't the right word. Assigned at birth, gendered. uh Assigned at birth, gendered, like manifesting that in every typical way. And currently is not that way, is is kind of exploring a different way of expressing the way they dress and interact with the world. I'm keeping this purposely vague because this is my kid's private business and, you know, I'm not going to put it out there. But... What I'm trying to say is if this conversation causes you any concern of like, oh, my God, my kid who is very, very rigid about the way they do things is never going to change. And it's always going to be really hard. That's not right either. Right. Right. Genetics are not. It's not destiny. That's what I mean to say. That's what I want to add into this conversation. But I think sort of like understanding that the tendency is there. It's that like I was saying before the moment, like, oh, this child will suffer. You know, you can you can. Be aware of it, and that's something you're going to lean into and help them with. There are many ways that our kids can turn out like us, right? And and I have seen in one of my children a, like, oh, my God, just like me moment. Like, these are the other aha moments that that uh, we have when we see in our kids, like, oh, my God, like this, that was so my kid. My, uh, my oldest kid, who was like me, an oldest kid and a people pleaser and whatever, we went to one of those, like, jump around gyms. It's kind of like a a trampoline party place, but they have these all around New York City because you don't have the apartments, you know, in playrooms and basements and backyards. So you will happily pay 20 bucks to go to some like jump around jumper gym, you know, on a Saturday morning to let your kids run around because they don't wake your neighbors. Anyway, I was there with my three kids. My youngest was a little baby. And then I had these two, you know, boys running around. And my uh, oldest, who was five years old at the time, sort of climbed up on top of a 
bunch of blocks and yelled to everybody. The kids and parents gathered. A group of strangers, by the way, like, um, hello, hello, can I get everybody's attention, please? Gets everybody's attention. And then he just says to the kids, everybody having a good time? Anybody need ha- any help? You just let me know. And then he went back to playing. And the parents you, you, you're like, actually, the technical way to do that is you record it on a cassette yes. tape and you play it. Yes. You're yeah. like, I like your style, but I have a couple of notes. It was the same thing. And like the people who worked there, whose ostensible job it was to do that and make sure everybody was having a good time, but who were like standing in the corner talking to each other, were like, who is this kid? Everybody's reaction was like, who is this kid? And that was my kid. And it's just a funny story. And I saw in my child, like, Oh, that's me. Like, that's me. That's, that's him. We are tied this way. And also like that kid will suffer for feeling like he's responsible for everybody else having a good time unless I sort of turn him away from those bossy ways. Well, I have a kid who I'm always, I mean, he is the total me in terms of like, he will learn a trick and, you know, he's a gymnast. So he'll learn, let's imagine it's like a one-handed handstand or something and we'll be like at a water park and he's like there's a lot of people around do you think i should try it out show it off do it like he loves to be the center of attention but then sometimes what happens is people are like who's the weird kid doing handstands over there and i'm like yeah hun, listen <laughs> if you're gonna go out on the stage you're gonna bomb sometimes and like take it from mommy it doesn't always go great and he you know he's a jokester he gets in trouble at school and i'm like yeah you're, you're on the razor's edge of comedy here like sometimes <laughs> it goes horribly wrong but yes it's like this kid will suffer Ha ha, they're going to have a hard time because they are going to always try to be the center of attention. And sometimes they're going to bomb versus like, oh, this kid is going to suffer because they're different and weird and it's never going to be okay. And like the difference, we're we're pointing out the difference between those two things. Like it's going to be okay and your kid is going to do wacky things that are just like you. Yeah. And hopefully you can recognize that. I mean, you are uniquely able to deal with that when you recognize it as yourself. One of our listeners, Jen, says, My parents like to recall how I never lied or snuck around, but I also never asked permission. So basically, I would just tell them exactly what I was going to do and just disregard their objections because I figured at least they knew where I was and what I was doing. Now my youngest child hates being told what to do. He finds the boundary specifically so he can put one toe over the line. Yep, that's me. (laughs) This is like the old joke that was like the parent's curse is I hope you have a child just like you. I think of it all the time. My mom passed away a couple of years ago, but she truly used to delight it. And my dad always says like, your mom is laughing. Your mom is laughing because I really gave my mom a hard time. And whenever my kids are punks, you know, they're like, (laughs) we remember it well. Nicole says her kid can argue his way out of a paper bag. If I say the sky is such a pretty blue color, he'll counter with, actually, it's more of a baby blue with a hint of powder blue. Oh, he should meet my husband. They would get along really, really (laughs) well. They would have a lot to talk about. Yes. Oh, look at the gopher on the side of the road. Actually, that's a groundhog. They're different than gophers. When you think about it, I'm like, <laughs> and 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 it's, it goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning. Like that's exact. That's your kid. That's what your kid does, and you can accept it. But and and at the same time, be like, oh my god, like that's so like that's so annoying, and I have to like I have to gently redirect you from that. I think I think both responses. There's room for that. Yeah, and and it it's not a straight line. Like I have a nephew who has always, always, always been fascinated with World War II history, okay? Like, I'm talking about a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, so into World War II. And 
would read books about it. I mean, this little tiny baby, like sitting with a giant, like, like World War II tome, you know, I mean, he just was really into it. And famously, when he was a really little kid, like five or six, we were talking about marriage. And we said to him, do you think he would ever get married? And he said, maybe if I could find a girl who looks like Cinderella, but who's really into World War II. (laughs) And it just became the defining quote of his lifetime. And he is now a PhD student getting a degree in World War II history. Like, he went all the way. He found his passion when he was three years old. Now, at the same time, this is a little bit the Oprah Winfrey thing where we're always like, Oprah Winfrey's like, I always knew I was going to be Oprah. And it's like, yeah, Oprah, like a hundred people thought they were going to be Oprah. You're the person it happened to. I, I think that it is much more common for kids when they're little to be like, all I care about, I have a kid right now who is super into animals, planning on opening a platypus rescue in Australia when he grows older. Nice, You know, it's a great, hey, great work if you can get it. And I mean, he spends a lot of his days planning the platypus rescue, like how he's going to get the money and how to keep the male and the female platypuses separately. Because as you probably know, the males have a barb that you have to be careful with on their paw. I mean, like we're, we're deep into platypuses around here. Barbed paw. Wow. Barbed poisonous paw. Yeah, it's got poison in it. It might be the females. My kid would be so mad if I got that wrong. But like, do I actually believe that his destiny is platypus rescue? Probably not. But it is cute to think about. But yeah, yeah. Someday if he's a vet, you'll be like, well, I always knew when he was little. I always saw it coming. That's right. And he could just as easily become like a car mechanic. And I'd be like, what happened to that platypus thing? It occurs to me too, that you can go back to these stories about yourself and they are clues to unlocking things about yourself. Like even as a grown-up, Taylor says that as a little kid, she could sit and color forever and be perfectly happy doing it. It was her happy place as a toddler. And now... She has a toddler of her own, and it's not that the toddler colors forever, it's that Taylor colors forever. Like, she's rediscovered that this is something that really, like, calms her and relaxes her and zens her out at night to do those, like, you know, Mandela adult coloring books. And I think that can be helpful with your kids, too. I have a kid who does not like um, board games at all, like, will not basically engage with a board game, and... I have a strong feeling that like board games, you know, teach strategy and they're great ways to spend time as a family. And I love board games, but I have to admit, I hate board games. And so I try to sort of give him a little bit of grace around like, he just might really hate board games. Like they are kind of terrible. And I also agree that I kind of hate them. And so that might be okay to just let that go. I also think in examples like the kid who's hiding sandwiches because they don't want their mom to be mad or a kid who's kind of trying on some different ways of expressing themselves, whether it's gender or whether it's, you know, which art they want to pursue or whatever it is. It can be a good way to have conversations around with your kid. Like if you've known yourself your whole life, for example, to be a people pleaser in ways that have not been totally positive for you. And you see these funny little behaviors coming out in your kid, like don't miss the opportunity to sit down and be like, Hey, I see that you're hiding sandwiches because you're afraid it'll hurt my feelings. But remember, if you come to me and say, that sandwich wasn't good for me, I didn't like it. Here's what I'd like instead. It solves both of our Mm -hmm. problems, you know? And so it can be a good way when you see these little behaviors to sort of say, hey, here's why you should not worry about what other people think about what you're doing. Here's where you should not worry about pleasing other people at the detriment to yourself. 
here's where you should realize that being the center of attention is fun, but sometimes it's other people's and turn. sometimes that's a that's that's a message I might have and, and I would take take the other side of that too. That sometimes it's not something you have to talk about. Like if you have a kid who eats her Halloween candy in alphabetical order, or you have a kid who wears the bowling shoes home from the bowling alley. Those those aren't necessarily <laughs> things you have to sit down and be like. So I noticed you always forget everything, and so I noticed you really right. overthink everything. It's more something for you to. Um, Consider in your heart as a parent, file away and think like this, this is a way I can help my kids steer my kid without making everything a federal case, even if 25 years from now, you'll be like, you know what I always remember about you when you were little, it will be the story about that kid. This was a LOL conversation for me. I, w- I could do a billion more of these. Like, kids acting weird is my favorite thing. Definitely check out yes. Hyperbole and a Half. Man, yes. does she captured this so, so well. And when you're done checking out Hyperbole and a Half, we want you to come follow us on Instagram at WhatFreshHellCast. Yeah, I, I've been trying to put up some polls on there about episodes. I did a, should there be goodie bags? So far, 100% of respondents are saying, no, there shouldn't be. So they're on your side market on that one. So if you're pro goodie yeah. bag, run from our yeah. Instagram. But if not, come and follow us there. And with that, just go be your weird selves like you were when you were kids, people. Like you always, always were. Stay weird, friends. Talk to you next week. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.